1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. You know we uh we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you, cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence. Really, Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Hold right now, Jeff, Jeff, wait, wait. I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarran and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode ninety-six. We are closing in on a hundred episodes already. Rob McCarron here, joined by Jeff Hawkins. Jeff Hawkins, hundred episodes, almost coming out. Mm. Yes. Are you so excited?
0: <laughs> oh, I I'm just—I'm becoming less and less part of the intro too now. No. No,
1: <laughs> no I didn't mean it like that. No,
0: I know. No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm excited about hundred. I'm, 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 I'm happy. I got to fifty, and you kept me around, so. <laughs>
1: You're you're a very pivotal part of the hockey talk <laughs> intro. <laughs> and other things, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> and since I have to keep up with the gimmick, I need to reference something we're going to talk about today. So uh, Shake Them Ropes Theater presents. Woo! Dusty Rhodes! 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 Ad nauseum for 15 minutes. I
1: don't know what the hell you're talking about.
0: You didn't watch our match, did you? I no, I did, but I don't. Okay, how does that play into it? You can't possibly have missed that. It's picked up on the mic during the entire match.
1: Oh, during the oh the oh yeah, okay. I'm like, <laughs> did I? Am I missing something that was like a segment on Raw or a segment oh. on NXT or oh, a segment you... on? I don't know, but yeah, we're gonna talk about our match number <laughs> seventy in our WWE Network top one hundred matches to see before you die. It is Dusty Rhodes going for the NWA Championship against Ric Flair. From Mm -hmm. Starcade 1985, the Starcade that took place in two different buildings, Jeff. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about this Raw from last night and all the big things that are happening from that. We are going to talk about a new talent announced for NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. And we're going to, uh, a little bit of a a thing we've been doing the last couple of weeks is talking about how crazy this July 24th is. Mm -hmm. Well, July 24th week is here. So we're going to remind everyone how crazy exactly this July 24th uh, weekend is. Not even the weekend, just the day. July 24th. But first, this is how The Daily Show started last night. It's our first day back from the break. While we were out, huge, important, consequential stories. Uh, 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 Lesnar, the Beast, finally tasted uh, the revenge from Undertaker. Oh, and the Iran deal. Uh, Also that. But the Lesnar thing was huge. The Lesnar thing was huge, <laughs> Jeff. Last night's RAW. Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker. They went face to face, and with twenty men in between them, they still battled all the way around the building. Brock Lesnar, Undertaker is your main event for SummerSlam. Now, on a scale of one to ten, how hyped are you? Eight. So <laughs> it took, right? Because you didn't care about this match at all when we talked no, on Sunday night.
0: I- I'm trying to stay excited. I'm still not all that excited, but I'll say an eight. Oh, uh, you're an eight. Show. That's
1: pretty, pretty excited, sir.
0: Well, well, okay. I'm lying How about that.
1: What? How dare you lie? <laughs> you can't lie.
0: <laughs> they don't know. Oh, wait. Uh, I'm a you 10. Know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it, but you know, you, you, I don't, the hype for the fight will be fine. We're going to get these pull-aparts. We're going to get a contract signing. We're going to get Undertaker beating the crap out of Heyman at some point. You know, let's, we got a month to go, don't we? How, how many weeks do we have? We have four or five weeks
1: here? Um, I will look at the schedule now. I believe it might be four, but at the same time, Jeff, we can't possibly get a contract signing. <laughs> we can't possibly.
0: A verbal debate, oh, perhaps? My God.
1: We got one, <laughs> two, three, four, uh, four Raws still to go. Okay. Not counting last night. We still got four more from next Monday on.
0: It was a nice introduction. Let's see where they take it from here.
1: It was an absolutely awesome introduction. Yeah. But it's an introduction that serves many purposes. One, yeah, to get you excited for this match. Like, okay, so now the build has been going on ever since WrestleMania season last year, right? I mean, with a little break in between, you want to see that Undertaker rematch. Okay, this guy took the streak away from you, so let's get the, uh, get the revenge back there. But... Also for the fact that they had this crazy brawl and Undertaker was staying one-on-one with them. Um, but now you have a reason to kind of explain why Brock might not be on TV for a bit. Why Undertaker might not be on TV for a bit. Because the whole story throughout, throughout the rest of the show was Triple H trying to keep this main event together. And one way he's going to keep the main event together is to ban both of these guys from the building. Maybe until SummerSlam or maybe until the Raw before. That's interesting. I like
0: that. I like that part of it. Don't, don't overexpose them. uh,
1: Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that or if that was the plan. If it was, I think that's, uh, that's smart. Like, okay, these guys aren't going to be on every show because one Undertaker's a part-timer. Brock is still kind of a part-timer. Like they're not going to be on every show. So this is your logical explanation. Like they do this with Brock all the time. Like he wrestles on a pay-per-view and then the next Monday they have to explain why he's not around. So they suspend him. They have suspended him twice. You know, he beats up Vince or he beats up somebody and, and gets kicked out. Michael Cole was the one time. And this was your explanation now. So playing into the feud. Brock Lesnar won't be around for a couple of weeks. Because you know. He can't be trusted. To be in the it's same a, building.
0: Yeah it's a somewhat logical explanation.
1: I think. And I, I haven't I, checked to see if Brock is actually advertised for future shows. I don't know if he is. I'm going off of this just like what can they do if he's not around. Maybe he's going to be on Raw every week. I don't know.
0: If I'm a heel. And I'm working in this company. And Triple H says man, if these two guys don't go on, we don't know what we're going to do about SummerSlam. I'm holding back.
1: We need you guys to... Uh, you I'm holding
0: know. back and I'm letting them kill each other and then I'm hoping, hey, you know what? You got a slot open right here. That's yeah. the only part of the logic that I didn't really appreciate, to be honest with you, but I know why they did. It. And I think the bigger story of this Raw, not necessarily a panic move, but they're loading up the show Due to both ratings and also the fact that this is the first SummerSlam in a long time that's in New York, so you get your Cena, you get your McMahon's, you get your Undertaker, um, which is which is probably a good thing. Of course, past that, you're on your own, kind of. Um, what
1: do you what are you talking about? The big night, the champions is next, and we all know that it's Nikki uh, Bella going for three hundred. <laughs> we got main events in the pipeline. Come on.
0: Isn't that hold on, isn't that champions between this and SummerSlam?
1: No, it's after SummerSlam.
0: Okay. That, uh, okay. Yeah. Um o- overall though, a fun show top to bottom. I'll ask I'll ask you this, because this was my only concern coming out of it. With this star-studded uh with this star-studded show and with the ratings having been what they are, do you have any concerns? Or the divas or the women's division, as I like to call it, not the divas. If those quarter hours dip, how, how, how much in do you think Stephanie is on this as a product rather than as something she can attach herself to I or think, identity?
1: I think they're in on putting the women on TV more. And putting okay. them in more prominent roles. I okay. don't know if they are completely in on turning what had been the NXT women's division into the WWE women's division. I don't know if they're all in on that. Okay. But I think they're all in right now for at least a month or two on putting more of the women on TV. I mean, yesterday, until that main event took place, the women had more time in the ring than the men did. Right. As far as wrestling matches go. Like, the the men's matches were going a minute and four minutes. The women's matches were going nine and fourteen.
0: And my concerns about um, Battleground were alleviated. I think it was a very smart move to give Sasha that win. I thought that was very smart. Sasha
1: got a win. Charlotte got a win on Raw. Now, you talk Mm -hmm. about the quarter hours. They are going to dip because they're going to dip from the highs of Brock Lesnar and Undertaker and John Cena and Seth Rollins put in those top-of-the-hour slots. Like They're not going to be as high as those. So If you're worried that they're going to cancel the women out because the ratings are going to dip, whatever was in that place was going to see a dip in the ratings.
0: I'm not saying dip. I'm saying crater.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening.
0: That? I don't know if okay. I see that happening. Okay. I think maybe Good.
1: the second one. Good. You know, some you you have to condition fans, though. You can't just yes. say, okay, these quarter hours came apart, so now we have to give it up because the fans don't want to watch it. No, they don't want to watch it because what they had been used to seeing was Paige versus Alicia Fox for four minutes. Mm-hmm. That would be meaningless.
0: Rob, you and I know this. I know. But but but, <laughs> but there's, they gotta, a guy, there's a guy at the top who's very prone to change his mind quick.
1: I know. I know. But to, <laughs> you got to condition the audience to I want do. to watch the television when the women are in the ring or when a segment that some people like it goes for the men too. like sometimes there are men segments that you're like, oh, this quarter hour dip. Like when Daniel Bryan was on his rise, when CM Punk was the champion, quarter hours were dipping because for four years, people all saw that CM Punk was a no name that doesn't matter. Right. So it's not just the women. I mean, you got to condition people to care about things that they haven't had to care about for a long time and that you've sometimes told them not to care about.
0: No, totally agree. And uh, they've set the table for the rest of the card, I think, for SummerSlam for the most part. Quite Um, a bit of it, at least.
1: For the most part. Quite a
0: bit of it, not all of it.
1: Yeah, we had the Taker and Brock segment, which, you know, I was super entertained by. I mean, it was brawling for 25 minutes, and I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. But there was a downside that people are focusing on because sometimes people like to focus on the down things like okay I we got this great segment but the downside was the fact I would know
0: nothing about that I would know nothing about being negative about a positive thing continue
1: in that brawl Randy Orton was not in it nope John Cena was not in it nope
0: Bray Wyatt wasn't in it
1: Bray Wyatt wasn't in it Kane wasn't in it but his you know he still hurt Seth Rollins wasn't in it Dean
0: Ambrose Hell, was Dean not Dean
1: Ambrose wasn't even in it Roman Reigns wasn't
0: in it. Someone was.
1: Yes, someone was. And that someone, Mm -hmm. Heath Slater, was (laughs) slated as a mid-card geek. And I'm very disappointed by this. Actually, we should be excited because a mid-card geek is probably an upgrade for Heath Slater. But no, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was in there just helping dudes. A guy who says, fight, Owens fight. A guy who wants to be a part of fights. A guy who goes out there and says, fight, fight, fight. Did not want these two guys to fight.
0: A guy who walks out on his tag team partners later in the evening.
1: Well, Sheamus told him that, you know, he could do that. Sheamus um, kind of led the way there. But yeah, Kevin Owens. And this is, uh, you know, no no big surprise maybe, but to some I'm sure it's a huge shock because let's face it, Kevin Owens came into WWE battling John Cena, beating John Cena on his first night. And here we are just one month later, you know, one single month later.
0: But they do this with a lot of guys. They did this with Rusev. He's hot for the first month and now we have to... Now we have to cool down no, that, and no. then rebuild them back Ru- up, and then and then they never really do the rebuild all that great. Honestly,
1: Rusev had eight months. Rusev had from no. WrestleMania till the next WrestleMania.
0: Well, it confirms certain biases and things that we may have thought, according to people that are talking.
1: People that are talking.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like Meltzer was talking about. It. I'll also say it. he he was talking about you know. I mean, at least alluding to the fact that, yeah, remember, he's he's gained weight since going up on the main roster. <laughs> he's not a Vince guy, necessarily. So, I mean, how how far can we expect him to go?
1: Yeah, and this isn't even a commentary on the, the loss to John Cena, because you know right. what? People lose to John Cena, okay? People lose to John Cena. The way he lost. It's, it, it's the next night on Raw that's my biggest concern. Yeah is that yeah on these pull apart brawls you always have the guys who are in the pull aparts and then the main eventers or the guys who have something going on are never involved in it okay Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns if their segment wasn't so close to this brawl they probably would have been in there maybe not Roman but Dean Ambrose certainly would have Dean would have been yeah But Kevin Owens was just another guy out there and you know it's one of those situations where Okay, for five years, CM Punk was just another guy, and then he overcame, and people just got into him even to a, a higher degree when than when he started, and he forced WWE to take a look at him. Now, Kevin Owens has already had WWE taking a look at him and giving him a prominent role. Can he get that back, and how soon might he be able to get that back? Could, could we be in for another four-year struggle for Kevin Owens to get on the main roster, or... Or what? Like, what should be we? What should we think that Kevin Owens can do at a WrestleMania? Do you think Kevin Owens at this point, if you had to guess, is going to get a singles match at WrestleMania?
0: It might be a it, well. No. I realize this would is be a ridiculous a, it, question. It, it, it would be a multi man singles match of some kind, I think. Like I realize a three-way, four way. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, it's a ridiculous question one because it's been only. I mean, it's been less than one week, and here we are. Kevin Owens just came off of a match with John Cena of all people, but. You know, and WrestleMania itself is half singles matches with part timers and half multi man matches with everyone else anyway. So it may mean nothing. But well, you
0: also have to look at it from from the standard WWE point of view kind of a way. Okay, Owens was brought in. He didn't spend that much time in NXT, to be fair. He no, spent he a little bit of time. He was brought immediately up to the main roster and given a feud with Cena in which he was red red hot. And now it's time to see how loyal he's going
1: to be. Kevin Owens hasn't even been signed to WWE for, I mean, it's been one year. Yeah. It's been one year, but he didn't even get to NXT until I believe it was August. was when he started with the performance center. So we haven't even gotten to that year point yet. So it's one, a little too early, but also I think it's just a matter of, okay, now people have seen Kevin Owens in the main events of NXT And they've seen the merchandise fly off the shelves and they've seen Kevin Owens in a main event of pay-per-views back-to-back with John Cena. Like we've seen Kevin Owens at the high point. And people aren't used to seeing a new guy that they like at the high point and then forced to find his way. Like they see him forced to find his way and then he reaches the high point like Daniel Bryan or like CM Punk. Well, Kevin Owens has always been to the high point.
0: Yeah. Well, Daniel Bryan is (laughs) that that whole story is an anomaly compared to this. Um. I you know, I think they're gonna put him back in the pack and they're gonna see if he's if he floats or if he's Wade Barrett. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that's what they're gonna do here. Although I liked how they took him out of the main event, turning him basically into Bad News Brown, where he's he's the heel that even other heels hate. That's kind of cool. That might be something. He's the guy that everyone should
1: hate. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy everyone should hate. And mm-hmm. I don't know what we're looking for for SummerSlam here because we got the main event as clear as day, Undertaker and Brock, but we still have four weeks to find out what the rest of the card is, and with John Cena as the US champion and Kevin Owens seemingly away from John Cena now, and the Ryback is the Intercontinental champion and still in a program with Miz and Big Show while he's recuperating, what is Kevin Owens going to fight for? Like, what's the prize? Is he going to be a heel that fights other heels? Like, are we actually getting a Seamus Kevin Owens Rusev program out of that main event last night, or was that just something to do on TV? I
0: think it was something to do on TV. Okay. Uh, there's so, no guarantee. There's no guarantee. He's going to be on SummerSlam since he's the main event of the NXT show the night before.
1: That's true too. That's true. I think he I, has to be.
0: I think he, I think he has to be. Yeah. But because otherwise, no guarantee.
1: otherwise what do you do with him on TV for the next four weeks? Cause it doesn't seem like they're going to push the Balor match much. I mean, it's not like Finn Balor is going to be on Raw cutting promos against Kevin no. Owens and vice versa.
0: No, you put him in a... Well, it, it seems like you're setting up different things for him because, I mean, you could put him in a feud with Cesaro. That'd be fine with me. I'd be happy to see that.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a segment of people out there, and if you feel this way, perfectly fine, uh, that don't like when people fantasy book... Like, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy what's going on. Quit fantasy booking. You're only setting yourself up for disappointment. And I can kind of see the uh, you're setting yourself up for disappointment argument because, yeah, if you're fantasy booking, you're you're trying to plan out what could be the best possible scenario. And if that doesn't happen, then, yeah, you're going to be disappointed because it didn't reach the best possible scenario. But there's a difference to me between fantasy booking and trying to figure out what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, fantasy booking is your hopes. Fantasy booking is, oh, this is what I would do if I had the plans. Like, I would book Kevin Owens to win every single championship, including the NXT Divas Championship. Um, Then there's thinking (laughs) what will happen. Like, okay, this is what Kevin Owens is going to do. He's going to be in a match with Cesaro. You know? So I try not to fantasy book because I'm not good at it. I may know what I want, but it doesn't mean other people are going to want that. I try to prognosticate. The prognostication is what I'm doing. And right now, I'm not that great at prognosticating as it is, but now I'm really bad at prognosticating what they're going to do with Kevin Owens because just 4 weeks ago we were saying how many programs Kevin Owens was in and we had no idea where any of them were going. Like he's feuding with Samoa Joe, he's feuding with Finn Balor, he's feuding with John Cena. He's got Sami Zayn still on the horizon. And now I don't know what they're doing with him. He's got Finn Balor in NXT and that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, but you still have options. You have you have guys around, yeah. Pieces to put in still. Let's not sweat it just yet.
1: I'm not sweating it. I'm just curious what they're going to do with uh, Kevin Owens and SummerSlam. Um, Yeah, because it's not John Cena, but let's talk about what John Cena might be doing. Last night, it certainly looked like we were setting up maybe not a title match right away. Maybe it's just championship versus champion, but yeah, John Cena and Seth Rollins. Raw is Ring of Honor. Now, I know you said that, and other people have said that too, but... (laughs) Yeah, ring. I don't of Honor. think. I don't
0: think, Look, I don't think they took it from. I. I don't think they stole it from there necessarily, except for maybe the line about the belt. Um, but I. I think it was more a reaction to the ratings. I, I. I do. I don't think they were trying to keep John Cena. I don't think they were trying to rebuild him into a world title contender. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that at all. But I think they were keeping him strong as the U.S. champ in case they had to elevate him to get interest and and to really kind of make this show in SummerSlam top-heavy. So I think that might have been the plan all along.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's John Cena. Take the U.S. title yeah. away from him. It's still John Cena. He's probably getting this spot because John Cena is your go-to big title guy.
0: Yeah, and I and I think, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, for all our, once again, we're going to go back to our incorrect prognostications. Maybe there was never a plan to give another guy the U.S. belt to elevate them. Maybe it's going to be he get he goes here, he wins the title from Seth, and he gives up the U.S. title, and it just becomes another belt.
1: I, I didn't envision the John Cena title win being the end of the Seth Rollins story, especially at the start when it was all Randy Orton. Neither did I. You know, Then I, you had Roman Reigns, and then you had also Brock Lesnar coming back, and to turn around all to John Cena. Okay, because John Cena's been excellent the last several months. I'm not hating on John Cena, but WWE always goes into this mode where they're like, we're trying to tell stories in the ring, and we're telling stories, and we're storytellers, blah, blah, blah. We're trying to get the best story out there. John Cena getting the title from Seth Rollins isn't the best story.
0: No. And plus, John Cena's always the heel in these feuds, it seems, because the, the he's had the same feud three times now between Rusev, Kevin Owens, and now Seth Rollins. It's you're not worthy of whatever position you're in. I'm the guy. I'm the face that runs the place you need to prove to me that you're worthy. And it's always that kind of talking down thing. And it never really, I mean, it elevates the guy in a way, but it also doesn't, you know, it's, and especially for your world champ who, you know, he does need a strong win. Don't get me wrong, but you know, once you take the belt away from Seth, he's going to be back in the pack too.
1: You might be back in the pack there. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I put the title on the line. Like, Oh, yeah. Did, I, did oh, yeah. I miss something where they said it was going to be like a title match or anything? No, they,
0: no, 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 but they're teasing it, and it's going to happen. You have to do it, right?
1: I don't know if you have to. I think you can do a title versus title because, again, your main event is Brock oh. and Taker.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, title. Yeah, okay. Or, I, well, there's different. I, I, don't oh, I, were, I, I don't know what you were asking here. I thought you were asking, is Seth going to put the world title on the line? I'm like, yeah, he is. Of course he is.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be champion versus champion, I should say, oh. or title versus title.
0: Okay, now now you're being clear. I think yeah. it's going to be title versus title.
1: Okay. I will. Uh, I will go that way, too, just because they seem like they always want to have a title match on there.
0: And then they can have a tournament on the network.
1: <laughs> if he wins that championship yeah does he just give up the u s title? does he defend yes. both of them? Do they unify both titles
0: oh no, he cut he cuts that promo where he goes, Look at what I've done to this belt. I hope the next guy gets it and you know they
1: I've risen the championship yes, have a title tournament mm-hmm. that somehow John Cena wins himself anyway
0: on to lower on the card. I was having an argument with someone so so the tag team title match is going to be like a four team cluster, right. Because, um, because you did the schoolboy finish here, so Los Matadores is quote-unquote the number one contenders, and now they're going to return the favor when the New Day fights, right?
1: Well, that is what I was uh, not quite sure of, because we had the match here at Battleground, which was for the tag team titles, Primetime Players and New Day, and Primetime Players won. So now, kind of like the Kevin Owens thing with John Cena,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is you already had the title match, so now you have to have the grudge title match. And I'm wondering if the New Day coming out and costing them a win was just to try and build heat between those two teams specifically. And they might still have a just regular tag team championship match that now has a grudge factor to it. Or yes, they could do these trade wins, uh, you know, screw each other out of wins. Maybe the Ascension or maybe the Lucha Dragons is a match with New Day.
0: Lucha Dragons,
1: I think. So so Los Matadores and the Lucha Dragons get wins over the two teams. So now they're Mm -hmm. in the picture, even though the other two teams are the ones that have the grudge in between them.
0: Yeah, And even though that, you know, we just switched the belts by (laughs) or we had the belts defended in an elimination chamber with six teams, we have to put four teams now in a match as opposed to having a one-on-one feud that we can build. Kind of ridiculous, but they want to put as many guys on the card as they can. So
1: here you go. That is a way to do it. That is a way Mm -hmm. to put as many guys as you can. The yeah. hottest tag team program right now, though, and I love the primetime players, and I've loved what the New Day have done. The mm-hmm. hottest tag team program right now is Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose against Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper.
0: I, I'm i enjoying it. I I was a bit swerved yesterday. I'll be honest with you. I thought the way they were presenting him, it looked like Dean was going to turn. But <laughs> well, he's just kind of being a little nonchalant and non you know, kind of there. I thought they were going to put him with the Wyatts and put Sting with Roman Reigns because of the rumors of Sting being around and teaming up. But, you know, this could be a place where you put Kevin Owens with the Wyatts and you, you know, you just have a six man and you can hide Sting within there and he'll get a nice pop and he'll get a nice rub with the win with Roman and Dean. So, yeah, no, and I love Luke Harper. Luke Harper's great. Um, Deserve, they never should have broken him up. I think and you know I I don't know how Roman's coming off here.
1: <laughs> is he a star anymore? Um I don't know if people I people still react to the music. Yes. Okay. And people have this sense that because he was supposed to be the star that he's still the guy we have to pay attention to. Okay. Um but I don't know if he's any more important right now than I mean Dean Ambrose is kind of on the same level. So you Dean, look at what Dean, Dean Ambrose gets, is.
0: Dean still gets the, the, we find him interesting and gets, we wish he were he higher gets the reaction, on the card Right. Top. He, gets, he gets the, we wish we were, he were more than this.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, if they're on the Roman, same level, then where's Dean Ambrose?
0: Roman still gets the backlash at times
1: too. He does sometimes, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I mean, it, I think they may have cooled him down too much here.
1: Yeah, I, I, the original, the original fan- Backlash to Roman Reigns was because he was getting too, you know, too hot, too heavy, pushed right. down your throat. He was the right. biggest guy. He was never losing. Now he's losing all the time. Mm-hmm. So you have the tale of two Roman Reignses.
0: And now he needs his buddy all the time.
1: That's fine. I mean, no, that's he's got it's his fine. Buddy. It's
0: it's fine. But, I like friends. Was- Are you anti-friendship, Jeff? You mean in general? Uh, no. Oh I'd God, just were be- you actually
1: going to answer yes to that question?
0: <laughs> you haven't had my friends. <laughs> who have all turned on me at one wow. point. Wow. No, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, for, for I mean, they built him up and they put him as as this, basically as a lone wolf, standalone badass who doesn't need friends. And then all of a sudden they kept on creeping creeping Dean back in more and more and more because, because Dean was still getting the reaction. So they wanted to share that. It's actually Roman siphoning, siphoning off of Dean as opposed to Dean siphoning off of Roman now. It's kind of weird. To be honest,
1: it'll just get to that point again, where they will go with Roman Reigns as the star. I don't know if it's going to be this WrestleMania or other points because you know what they thought about Roman Reigns hasn't exactly gone away. You know, Bray Wyatt beating Roman Reigns doesn't mean they don't believe in Roman Reigns anymore. It was, you know, I,
0: I I I wasn't implying that they don't believe in him anymore. I was, I was just wondering if he's still quote unquote a star. I mean,
1: okay. the the thing is, he's no more of a star than most of the guys on the roster just because he hasn't gotten that big win. But I mean, he's a guy that people react to. Yeah. I don't know if he's a guy that people are going to pay money to see. Okay. And that's what a star is, you know, but there's not anyone in WWE that people are specifically paying money to see right now, except for John Cena. Like he's the one of the full timers. Of course you have Undertaker and Brock, but of the full timers, John Cena is the one. Yeah. Now I don't think people, even if Daniel Bryan came back tomorrow in four months, people would be paying specifically to see Daniel Bryan.
0: I don't either, and I don't think they'd treat him like that either.
1: If Daniel <laughs> Bryan ever comes back to wrestle, he is never getting on the top of the card. No, people realize that now, right? I, and I it, hope and it's, so. It's not because people don't, or they don't think he's a star. It's because they can't trust him.
0: I think it's column A and column B. I
1: mean, you, Daniel Bryan has had these issues. If he ever comes back, I don't know if he's ever coming back. And we'll, we'll cry a tear for that day when it comes. But if you have concussion issues like this and you have to be out multiple times, that's usually not a good sign. I mean, Christian did the, they had the unceremonious retirement of Christian, like Jerry Lawler on a pay-per-view said the former wrestler Christian or whatever he said, the recently retired Christian, like that's going to be Daniel Bryan. They could be talking on SummerSlam about, you know, uh, anything on that show like, Oh, Daniel Bryan, when he used to be in the ring.
0: Do they refer to Bree's moveset as Daniel Bryan's moveset past couple of nights? Did they? I don't think they did. I didn't hear it. Okay. I was just wondering.
1: No. I they they said a couple of things like, Oh, Bree Bella stealing a page from her husband.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: She did that. But uh yeah, I I don't even know how it got on the Daniel Bryan thing, but in the in the meantime, like people pay money to see stars, and the one star right now is John Cena.
0: I agree. Yep. And and they know that too, and that's why he's getting the belt.
1: <laughs> but they, I mean, if they can make Charlotte and Sasha Banks stars, I'm all for it. Getting yeah. wins last night on Raw, they were they were singled out. They got single wins and a tag win. Um, everyone looked pretty good in my opinion. The one that now now I'm coming, I'm doing a 180 here because on Sunday I thought Brie Bella was perfectly fine. Boy, okay. was she laughable on Monday's Raw. Yeah. And I like the Bellas. I actually do like the Bellas. I think Nikki is the better of the two, but I like the Bellas. Brie Bella was laughable on Raw. Out of place, badly timed. I don't know if the Bellas, and this maybe is not the Bellas' fault. Because they, as well as the audience, who have been conditioned not to care about women's wrestling on Raw for the last however many years, the Bellas have been always in the ring for five to six minutes, having the same WWE style match with the same people for the last five or six years. And here they are being pushed in with people they haven't ever done anything with. And they're like, okay, go have these 12 minute matches that are supposed to be awesome. Well, the Bellas haven't been doing that. They haven't been practicing that. They haven't lived that. So is it really the Bellas' fault to be going in with uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and even Naomi and doing the matches how they've been doing the matches, like, that's on WWE. That's not on the Bellas, right?
0: Oh, I brought this up a few weeks ago when they planned it. Yeah, no, th- because the NXT girls work with each other, you know. They work
1: with each other hours, in a warehouse. Hours, hours, hours and hours a day. Five so, days a week in the warehouse.
0: Yeah, and and what they should have done is possibly send all the, ma- or, the ma- or cycle the main roster women down there to work with them For a while and get a chemistry going and get a friendship going possibly as opposed to all these other media deals and you know divas total divas media junkets and stuff of that nature and you know they're not going to have time to really build that bond here on the road necessarily because you know they're still doing the media hits every city they go to and then they come back to the arena they go over their match a bit and then they go out there and do it as opposed to where you're kind of growing together as a unit um, at at full sale. So, you know, it's it's odd because we've been talking all this time about how NXT divas are going to go up there and it's going to be sink or swim for them. Well, now the learning curve's on the other ladies because Sasha's gone in there and looked good. Becky's gone in there and looked pretty good. Charlotte's gone in there and looked pretty good. Okay, now it's your lady's turn. Can you hang, or can or are you going to go away? Because if you, because if you can't, you know we got other women we can bring up who know how to work with these women who who are good.
1: Am I the only one who's excited to see what they're going to do with the NXT Women's Division now that the three pillars are gone? Uh, Bailey's still down there. You have Dana Brooke up. You have Emma down there right now. Um,
0: is it wrong that I'm kind of excited to see Ava Marie?
1: Oh, I'm. And how she's
0: doing? In
1: terms of growth. I'm excited to see how Eva Marie is doing, whether she actually cares about it or not. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Whether she cares about wrestling or cares about being on TV. Yeah. No, I am as well. And I think Bailey will be good for Dana Brooke and for Emma. I mean, there's still women down there and Casey's good. And there's women out on the indies they can sign and bring in. And I guess one of a couple of the talents now are being kind of shifted in other roles. Like I think uh who is it? Dasha is it Dasha Carey or Dasha Current? Dasha's uh she starts as a ring AKA, announcer. A K Dasha Fernandez, I guess. <laughs> but um yeah, no, she was training and now they're gonna make her I think they're gonna make her backstage, aren't they?
1: Uh she does yeah, she's gonna be a ring announcer on NXT here coming it's up. Shame. So I
0: kind I want to see her in the ring. Cause 'cause you know, she had done a couple of dark matches and stuff in tags, so I guess that's where they feel they need her.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of women that are down there that
0: We're still waiting for Devin to snap. We're still waiting for
1: that. Still waiting. But hey, maybe that's a sign. Maybe it's coming soon. I mean devin has been working a lot of the house shows, you know. She she's been working house shows for a long time, but now she's like doing every single one. Good. So yeah, there there's a lot of women down there, but I'm excited I'm to see the divisions.
0: The thing about it is is NXT women, they make them strong characters, and then they put them in a story, as opposed to having a story and trying to find a character for them. So they're all interesting in their own way, and they're all, you know, they all fit in that kind of that little universe. I, I, I you know, I almost call it high school esque, and that's that's kind of the disconnect between the main roster divas division, where you know everybody's kind of. <laughs> it's more Melrose Place to NXT's Beverly Hills 90210, I guess, if you wanted to call it that.
1: NXT is rebuilding, not just on the women's side, but the men's side with Sami Zayn out, with Kevin Owens gone, with uh, Hideo Nomo, Hideo Nomo, Hideo, Hideo, Hideo Nomo, Hideo out <laughs> in his whirling ball. Well, what's crazy is I was like, I want to say Hideo Nomo, so make sure you don't. And yeah. then I did.
0: Oh, I almost have before, so don't worry about it. No, the only problem with NXT right now is kind of their tag division is, is a little lackluster.
1: It's certainly, it's certainly weird now and we can't even talk about it because it's spoilers, but right. This NXT tag division, like, Oh, this is the, this is one of those reasons why it's crazy to tape so far apart, but like for NXT, you kind of have to whatever. That's fine. Um, the show that's going to start airing on Wednesday all the way up to TakeOver, complete reset Yeah, on almost everything. Mm-hmm. It's a reset of the entire show. Like if you if you are going out there and you're like, oh, I haven't watched NXT in a couple of weeks, I should get it's caught up.
0: It's a retcon.
1: Welcome yeah. to it. You don't need to get caught up. because Starting
0: at, starting at issue number one. Yeah. Here we go.
1: Everything is starting over. Mm-hmm. Nothing that has mattered before matters now. Nothing.
0: Crisis on infinite NXT.
1: <laughs> but it's a rebuilding time because you have all the women coming up. You have the men uh, that have changed so much, uh, due to injury and due to coming up on the main roster. It's a whole completely. And, rebu-
0: and yet Blake and Murphy haven't changed at all.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Blake <laughs> tries to become Billy Gunn more and more every show, which is, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, why not? He's one of your trainers. Yeah. So try to become like Billy Gunn. He did it all right for himself. Um, but yeah, you have those changes in NXT. We also had the, uh, the knowledge this week that leading up to night of champions in september night of champions is taking place in houston texas on september 20th the 3 days prior to september 20th nxt is going on the road jeff Ooh. nxt is going to texas austin
0: houston. they are going
1: on the 17th to houston okay on the 18th to austin right and on the 19th I am going to have you guess where they are going to be, but before I do that, I want to tell you what else is going on on the 19th of September in Texas. Okay. Ring of Honor, All-Star Extravaganza (laughs) Night 2 will be taking place on September 19th in San Antonio, Texas. Now, that is indirect of anything we've just talked about, but Jeff Hawkins, where will NXT be on the 19th?
0: Gee, dare I ask if it's in San Antonio?
1: It is actually going to be San Antonio. How'd you know that? (laughs)
0: Mm. You remember when we were talking about, yeah, they don't really want to harm ROH. (laughs) Lies.
1: (laughs) Well, I was always thinking they weren't going out of their way to harm ROH, at least not long term. They weren't trying to kill them. Wrong. Minor inconveniences. Wrong. There might be something more to it. Yeah, they are going to be in San Antonio with the headliners no Kevin Owens on the show. Kevin Owens is now gone after TakeOver. He's got to be gone from NXT after TakeOver. So no Kevin Owens. You're going to have Finn Balor, Tyler Breeze, Enzo and Big Cass, Bailey, Carmella, and the top build star at the moment, Samoa Joe.
0: Okay. There you
1: go. <laughs> I know you. that's the one you were waiting for. But yeah, no. Samoa Joe begins his regular well, no, touring of NXT. That,
0: uh, I was worried because I thought, well...
1: Are they already, is he already gone? No, but this will be one of the first tours because he's not working these Florida shows. Like this will be one of those where, okay, NXT is going out of Florida and Samoa Joe is going to be on all three of those shows in Texas in September.
0: Good. Good for him. I like him. Uh, is You didn't list Baron Corbin, did you?
1: He's not listed on the thing, but I'm sure he'll be there. Is it
0: time to rebuild them?
1: Rebuild what? Baron? I
0: mean, I mean, are they are they going to start because the, they've kind of, he's kind of been a forgotten man for the most part.
1: Well, Past- I mean, is- he's going to have a match on takeover and it's going to be a pretty high profile match. Okay. So, you know, that's fine. I, do you know who that match is against? I have no clue. Oh, well, I won't spoil it for you.
0: Well, you can tell me off air.
1: I'm going to spoil it. Okay. Skip ahead 30 seconds, guys. Hmm. Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe is the match at takeover.
0: <laughs> okay, that should be this is what I
1: this is what I meant by the reset button, Jeff. I mean they're hitting wow. reset on everybody.
0: Wow, I yeah I didn't even read the spoilers, so I'm I'm gobsmacked and fascinated, and we'll see what Samoa Joe can do with the man, right?
1: All right, that was thirty seconds, so we have to stop now. um okay. Also announced for takeover, and this is not a spoiler because it was announced by WWE Jushin Liger is going to be wrestling at NXT TakeOver in a match that this may be very well the match that I'm most excited for, okay? Because the match we just talked about is one. The main event that's already been announced is Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens, where there's, to me, no drama to that one because I don't see how it's possible Kevin Owens can win. Like, it's Finn Balor getting a win.
0: I think they're going to do a a redo of the Japan match.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah, but there's no dramatic like who's going to win this one to me. And if they give it to Kevin Owens, you know, then we can talk, you know, all weekend long about that. Uh, Jushin Liger versus Tyler Breeze is likely to be the opener of Takeover Brooklyn. And I got to say, on a scale of one to ten, how I'm excited for this one, I'm giving it a ten.
0: Oh, yeah, I am, too. And Liger's always good. Even at his age now, he's still pulling out great matches here and there. So great fun
1: matches. Okay, his first match ever in WWE will be this one at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, and he's under contract to New Japan, correct? Or does he have? I think he still he he has enough clout where he's allowed to book his own stuff. Yeah, this
1: isn't this isn't a New Japan WWE relationship. This is Jushin Liger, who's been for a long time now, uh, able to kind of book his own stuff. Right. For I mean, even when Ring of Honor had the relationship with Noah, Jushin Liger was coming in.
0: Dare I ask legends contract possibly? Uh, Maybe in the States. Yeah. 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 Why not? Maybe, maybe, maybe even a hall of fame nod as one of the lower tier oh, I, guys. On I think eventually,
1: I think eventually he's absolutely going to be in the hall of fame. And you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if they put a Japanese uh, wrestling personality in the hall of fame every year from here on out. Right. Every year. Just because you have the J sports connection, you have the WWE network in Japan Pretty big country, pretty big deal. So I and you wouldn't ha- be shocked and you have if a, they do.
0: And you have a lot of his, I mean, you have his WCW run as well in terms of your archives. You have so a lot of content on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when content is king and you have a lot of content of Jushin Liger, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but eventually, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jushin
1: Liger going go in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, Tyler Breeze, Jushin Liger. I'm excited for that matchup. I know it, it caused a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion. The fact that Jushin Liger was coming on to this show just because Ring of Honor is running Brooklyn that same night uh, Mm -hmm. at a ballpark in Brooklyn uh, with other New Japan names, Okada, Nakamura. Um, But Kenny Omega is on the PWS show that night. So, (laughs) like, some of these guys can book their own things, you know? It's not like Ring of Honor was already booking Jushin Liger anyway. Like he wasn't on the like, show to begin with. Uh,
0: yeah. Like multi-man tags and whatnot. Well, yeah, so. yeah.
1: Some of the guys are coming over. Haruki Goto is coming to the States that week too. You don't see him on the ring of honor show. You don't see him on the WWE show, but he's going to be around.
0: Where's Toru Yano going to be that night? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, practicing his, uh, different variations of the kick to the nuts. Yeah. Uh. Possibly. Sign him. I don't know.
0: Him and Archibald Peck.
1: No, definitely not. <laughs> what are you doing now?
0: Fantasy booking?
1: Oh You're the worst. Hey, I wanna I wanna try something here just to see uh, if people will publicize it and get us more attention. Okay. Will you bear with me for a second?
0: This is this is what you call a uh uh the the working the the internet minute. Um, Are you?
1: Yeah, this is working on okay. the internet. I'm um, sure okay. why not? I don't know. I,
0: I will I will be quiet then. Can Continue.
1: you no, I need you, I need your help. Oh, okay. Can you say the following sentence? Sure. And then we had Tracy Williams.
0: And then we had Tracy Williams. Ah yes,
1: the Silver Ant. All right, internet, go explode. I don't know if it's gonna work now because like no one cares really about the Silver Ant, especially people who listen to our show. Mm-hmm. People just probably heard that 30 seconds and were like, what Ooh. the hell? What are they yeah. doing?
0: Let's continue. Uh,
1: Chuck Taylor's Mr. Azerbaijan. Um, let's see. What else should we do? Not that that's a surprise. Uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? Our top else? 100 match? Well, um, aside from our top 100 match, was there anything else that we need to discuss? I don't think so.
0: Not really. I. I uh, no.
1: Ricochet. Was, oh,
0: you want to talk about what the big the July 24th or whatever. The big that's- night. Every, right. All the stuff going on. I want on. to talk
1: about July twenty-fourth. Also, Ricochet uh came out today. Ricochet is gonna wrestle Kushida on the G1 finals night. Ricochet is working the final three nights of the G one. Nice. So hooray Ricochet, WWE castaway Ricochet. They're like, we you can't we can't have you. We don't know who you are. Go away. I'm
0: hearing all over Tessa Blanchard's Instagram. Well,
1: that's Continue. a different uh that's a different story. <laughs> I'm sure he appears on a lot of uh yeah. Instagrams. Very true. A lot of a lot of them. Uh July twenty-fourth is a crazy day, and we're finally at that week, so we can talk about it. Ring of Honor has Death <laughs> Before Dishonor on iPay Per View on Friday. Yes. Uh Jay Lethal versus Roderick Strong for the ROH championship. The Briscoes versus Rapongi Vice, which would be my main event if I was oh. going to that show. Ooh. <laughs> Me likey. Adam Cole versus Dalton Castle. That'll be fun. Uh and a four-way tag title match with Red Dragon and the Addiction, amongst others. Uh so that is the first event going on that that day. Not to mention that New Japan has a show Friday morning, and then when all of these West Coast shows on the July 24th are done, like two hours later, New Japan has another G1 show. So right. you got the G1 surrounding this day, which you can watch on New Japan World here in the States. You got Ring of Honor on per View here in the States. And then Global Force Wrestling that day has their first TV tapings for their amped TV show that doesn't actually have TV. Right. Kongo Kong, Magnus, Kushida, and Chris Sabin are teaming up on that show. That should be cool. Jeff Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, all the Jarrett kids, I'm sure, running around. So that's Global Force Wrestling. And then maybe not so much the most talked about. Like, it's talked about in circles, but... Because it's on the West Coast, because it's PWG and people just expect it from them. I don't know if it's getting a lot of discussion on this show. But PWG tremendous 4. Yeah. With the Young Bucks going up against Jack Ellens and Angelico in the main event. For the World Tag Team Championships. Because I didn't realize that the Young Bucks actually won the titles back at Mystery Vortex. But they did.
0: When they did the Mount Rushmore 2. Yeah, I didn't
1: didn't know that was the tag title match uh, until I was looking it up today, actually. Uh, ricochet versus Akira Tozawa is taking place on that show. Chris hero and Mike Bailey and team tremendous against Candace and Joey. That's what's announced so far. Uh, yeah, this is a crazy day. Like the PWG show and the GWF shows, you can't watch live as they, uh, as they tape ring of honor you can the new japan shows you can wwe has a house show that night i'm sure nxt probably has a house show that night in fact i think nxt is debuting in like west palm beach mm. they, you know nxt has a house show in florida in one of the new markets in florida uh so there's a lot going on on july 24th and then july 25th happens and you're like oh i can breathe
0: yeah i can read twitter and see what happened
1: i can read twitter <laughs> Like, every once in a while on, on Voices of Wrestling the last couple of weeks, I've done a weekend in review little thing where I just kind of, like, highlight what happened over the course of the weekend. Because in summertime, you know, and I did it mostly because of me. Like, in summer, on the weekends, I'm not paying attention to what's going on, especially in wrestling, but, like, anything. So, like, a Monday happens, and, oh, what happened on the house shows? Did GWF have a, a, have a live event that something happened at? Did What, what went on?
0: Oh, I can answer that question.
1: No, no. Well, <laughs> well, what went on? So I do this and I'm like, next week, I'll just be able to write about July 24th. Like, I don't have to care about Saturday and Sunday because all of it's happening on Friday. It's just a crazy time to be alive. Austin Aries is tweeting out that he has business to conduct in Florida next week. Ooh, I think some, I cryptic think tweet. Yeah, tweets, cryptic tweets, Austin Aries just came back to ring of honor. He, uh, he did the Las Vegas show
0: gonna lose to someone on tough enough
1: well it's cryptic <laughs> tweets but i think some of these guys are starting to do it on purpose yeah i think gabe is doing it on purpose i think austin aries is doing it on purpose let me work these guys into a tizzy yeah the nwa championship match at Starcade 1985 dusty Rhodes versus rick flair rick flair was going in as the champion this is Match number 70 on our WWE Network Top 100 Matches to See Before You Die Countdown. A countdown constructed by WWE.com. We are going through the matches one by one. You can get an entire list at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR Top 100. Or just go to VoicesOfWrestling and find the Shake Them Ropes link. Uh, it is match number 70. So we've worked our way down this list quite a bit. Dusty yes. Rhodes, Ric Flair from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia on November 28th 1985 4 days after the birth of Robert McCarron.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's what'll be remembered for as opposed to being a multi-city event.
1: It was no, a multi-city um, event uh you know before WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 happened the following yes, spring.
0: And that's where you got the idea. Yep. So I mean 8485 going into 85 Starcade at the end of the year. Uh very interesting time uh, in the NWA. I had I was in the beginning of my fandom. I think maybe I've I've been about a year in or so, uh, 1984, uh, Ric Flair is the type of character where depending on who he's feuding with, he's the heel or the face, uh, towards, towards the end of 84, he had been feuding with, uh, he had been feuding with dusty and with Magnum throughout 84 and 85, but he'd also been feuding with Tully Blanchard and Wahoo McDaniel of all people, which, uh, those Tully Flair promos are are sweet, but very hard to find. But also the Russians, uh, Nikita Koloff, Ivan Koloff, and Crusher Khrushchev. Uh, so he had been kind of uh, towing the line on both sides throughout '85, coming through here, uh, having a uneasy well not an uneasy I would say, but he he'd have he'd have alliances from time to time with his quote unquote cousins, the Andersons. Ah, uh, he had kind of alluded to being fascinated by Tully Blanchard after feuding with him because he's a winner and a month and a half after Starrcade is the formation of the four horsemen. But the setup for this match is basically a, it's a repeat of an angle that happened in Georgia championship wrestling where, um, Anderson had teamed with Dusty Rose to take on the assassins and each team had, had, had picked a referee, uh, Oli had picked his brother, and the assassins had picked Ivan Koloff. And what they did was they basically all turned on Dusty Rhodes and beat the crap out of him in a cage. It's it's a great angle. Go watch it on YouTube. It, it's fantastic. So what they did here was at the time Ric Flair was kind of a babyface because Nikita Koloff, in another infamous um, moment in at least in NWA history, had had clotheslined David Crockett, the announcer, and put him out of business for a while. And so he was feuding with, with the, the Russians. And so during a, during a match between Ric Flair and Nikita Koloff, the rest of the Russians rush in to start beating on Ric Flair. And who should save him but Dusty Rhodes? Well, the Andersons come in and chase off the Russians. And then the Andersons and Flair thank Dusty for his help by beating the crap out of him and breaking his ankle. And after that, after as Dusty's rehabbing, Flair's kind of on tour. In 1985, he went over to Japan and he had a title unification match thing with AWA champ Rick Martell. You know, they're still building the Magnum feud kind of, but they've kind of switched partners with Tully Blanchard and Dusty Rhodes and, and whatnot. It was all crisscross and whatnot. But... On the lead up to Starcade is Dusty Rhodes' possibly most famous promo, the Hard Times promo. And so we're getting these magical, magical promos back and forth between Flair and Dusty. And this is the blow off for said feud, Starcade 85, The Gathering.
1: The Gathering. The event took place in the Greensboro Coliseum, as well as the Omni in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was the main event of the Omni portion of the show. Also the main event of the entire pay-per-view. It is on WWE network. Yes. Uh, it
0: wasn't a pay-per-view at the time. It was a closed, closed circuit, circuit or, or you yes. wait for video? Yeah.
1: Yes. Closed and the, circuit.
0: And then the main event in the, uh, in the other place was the Anderson's versus the rock and roll express with the co-main event Magnum versus Tully. I quit, which comes up later in this list.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to look at that uh, Greensboro Coliseum show. NWA Starcade. I have it here if you want it. You have you have what there?
0: I have the listing of the matches.
1: The listing of the yeah. I was looking at the Greensboro.
0: Yeah. And
1: Ole Anderson. Yeah, that's. Interesting. Oh no no no!
0: It's a, no. Actually, they're in the Omni.
1: They're that's the. Om- I was going to say because they come out in the main event.
0: I misremembered. You I misrema- did. yeah, I misremembered.
1: That's I was funny. all confused there. I
0: apologize.
1: That's okay. That's okay. It was the uh the, the Rock and, and r- Rolls
0: were taken on the run. Yes.
1: It was the Rock and Roll Express or the Midnight Express, excuse me.
0: I'm sorry, Rob.
1: That's okay. It wasn't yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's uh, The Rock and Roll Express uh and the uh, Offs was the main event of the Greensboro Coliseum show. Yes. The Andersons were on the Omni show, but the right. main event of the Omni show, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Yes. And This one, for the first minute of the match, they don't touch. Nope. Ric Flair's prepping. Dusty Rhodes is just standing there. And Dusty Rhodes is tired of Ric Flair prepping. So he starts strutting. Yep. Driving the women crazy. Making fun of Flair. So Mm -hmm. we got one minute minute of nothing. And then that second minute was just Dusty Rhodes beating the hell out of Ric Flair.
0: Yeah. Just slapping him, elbowing him, getting on him.
1: And I did not know going in how long this match was. I was anticipating a very long one until I saw, you know, they have the little chapter markings. I'm like, geez, there's a lot of bubbles on this show. So it must not be going too long. But you could tell right away in that second minute. Like if you thought the first minute was slowly paced, you could have been like, okay, they're going a really long time. And then you watch the second minute, like, nope, they aren't. Dusty Rhodes was... Going at it, punching him, punching him. Ric Flair goes out and then they wrestle for the next 20 minutes. And, you know, Ric Flair is kind of kind of working the Dusty Rhodes leg, which Dusty Rhodes sells like he gets attacked and then he dumps out of the ring as if like he just legitimately got hurt. Like, oh, my God, I have to stop right now.
0: Well, let me stop you there because because that's set up by Flair going out of the ring at first, because this this match really starts to pick up with the crowd. The first time Dusty stomps on Flair's leg. Yes. And yeah. Flair ain't having none of that. And he's getting at it, and he's stalling a bit. And then Flair kind of goes in and does the same thing to Dusty's leg. Right. And hurts him. Yep. And, and there's kind of, it, it's kind of within the second act of this, this match is various ways that each other's legs are getting hurt. Because there's a point where Flair tries to suplex Dusty and his leg gives out he can't go. And then there's another part where Dusty goes to kick Flair in the corner and Flair moves and he kicks him right there and that's kind of, uh, you know, and that, and that starts to lead to Flair going for the figure four over and over and over again. And and there's something magical about Dusty being in Ric Flair's figure four because the man starts to talk like a sailor. <laughs> he starts swinging air punches and just yelling at Flair, you son of a bee, I'm gonna, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and it's great. This is, a this is once again, the NWA old school style is, it's a fight dressed up as a wrestling match. They are trying to hurt each other in order to get a pin. Yep.
1: And they were. Mm-hmm. They really were working the legs a lot. Um, what I thought was interesting, because a lot of times when I'm watching, especially the older matches, I just want to see how it differs from today. Okay. And a lot of these older matches that, not particularly the the, uh, the important ones, because a lot of the important ones I've gone back and seen, but... So, for example, this match right here, Bob Cottle and Tony Schiavone are the announcers for it. They're the announcers. They were live at the Omni show. Right. They were calling the whole thing. So they're live at the Omni show. And they were super quiet for this for most of the match
0: that's a note I have down here. They let this match breathe and they just let, and they just let it tell the story as opposed to what happens a lot now in commentating is everybody's trying to get their stuff in and it's like, shut up and let's watch the match.
1: guys. I was so engaged in the match that I thought, okay, maybe I'm just not paying attention to the announcers. Like maybe I drowned them out. So I kind of, I kind of rewound a little bit. I, I put the little cursor back and I'm listening to the opening parts again. I'm like, no, they're just quiet. Bob Cottle isn't talking that much. Every once in a while, you'll hear a Tony Schiavone line about, mm-hmm. especially when they would dump out of the ring. That's when they would talk like, okay, there's yeah. no action here so we can actually say something. But Actually,
0: were- you know what I did? I did, the, I did kind of the same thing. I looked for a copy of it that wasn't WWE to see if they had dubbed out any lines.
1: Which would be ironic. Like WWE yeah. actually removing commentary instead of adding more. Right. But yeah, no, they were, they let the match in the ring, do the talking. They, you could hear a ton of the fans and that's where you kind of referenced in the open there, like you can hear the fans doing everything. Woo, Dusty cause, Rhodes. Yeah, cause Tony Schiavone wasn't talking. Bob Connell mm-hmm. wasn't talking. And so you had all these gaps in between and it, it was kind of refreshing. Like it's always refreshing when you see something different. I mean, the WWE show in Japan was refreshing cause it was different from a normal raw or a normal special event. So it's one of those situations where you just get the difference there. Um but then for the
0: end of the match, you get something we see a lot these days.
1: <laughs> the end of the match, yeah. So we get to the end of the match here, and Tommy Young is the referee. And uh oh, it Tommy w-
0: Young, but he's made a paper mache.
1: That Tommy, so Dusty Rhodes is covering Ric Flair. Yes. But Ric Flair kicks out, does the big show kick out where he pushes Dusty Rhodes kind of up and over him. So Dusty Rhodes just flies uh, you know, flies to the side.
0: Oh, and- yeah, no, we, we we forgot. No, he gets Tommy Young gets smacked by by Dusty Rhodes accidentally when he's punching Ric Flair in the ropes. That's what starts the whole thing.
1: Oh that, that's how we got a little dazed, yeah. Yeah. So he gets dazed there and then the pinfall happens and Dusty Rhodes crushes when he when he's getting kicked out of Dusty yeah. Rhodes crushes Tommy Young, but Tommy mm-hmm. Young still gets up. Like he's dazed from the from the slap, from the hit, from the tap, right. if you will. And then he's dazed from the punishment of Dusty Rhodes landing on him. Mm-hmm. And then it the big blow is off camera because we see Dusty Rhodes, we see Ric Flair. They're kind of zoomed in on him. Yeah. uh So Ric Flair is it Ric Flair that pushes Dusty Rhodes? In no, it's Dusty Rhodes that pushes Rhodes, Ric Flair into yeah, Tommy Dusty Young. Rose
0: pushes, pushes Flair into the ropes and he hits Tommy hits Young Tommy on the Young, way.
1: And that's when and, du- and that's when Tommy Young goes down. But this goes free, flying <laughs> he goes flying. He goes flying out of the ring. Still really tough though because at that moment he's out yeah. and. Rick Flair and Dusty Rhodes are wrestling in the ring. And that's when Ole and Arn come in. Mm-hmm. Ole and Arn take out Dusty Rhodes. But you can still see Tommy Young there. Tommy Young is sitting up. He's outside the ring, but he's sitting up. He's watching the Andersons right. attack Dusty Rhodes. Yep. And then the Andersons go out. And one of them hits Tommy Young. And that's what finally puts him down. Like Tommy Young is finally gone now. Because he, he just got the straight shot. And Dusty Rhodes, a new referee comes in. Stu Schwartz,
0: who was, I believe, a Florida enhancement talent or a Florida talent at one time, comes in with in a referee shirt as yeah. a second ref.
1: He comes in. Ric Flair looks like he has the advantage for sure on Dusty Rhodes, but Dusty Rhodes Flash rolls him up, hits mm-hmm. the uh, school or not the schoolboy, but the uh, the small package for a one, two, three, and Dusty Rhodes for at least this night was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> is going to live in wrestling history. Congratulations. It was a long road back for this man, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and deservedly enjoying this moment. Billy Jack Haynes is here. Deservedly enjoying this moment. Dusty. We got it, daddy. Let me tell you something. We got it. Way back. When Dusty Rhodes said, "This was for the textile workers,
0: auto workers, car workers, all the blue-collar people across this country, and this great land." The American dream came back from the bottom, and is now world heavyweight champion. And I'm gonna be that way for a long time. My man, Chief, we hear that it. Nobody can beat the people. Nobody can beat the world. And nobody can beat the American dream. The new, the new world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yes, you you have uh, Pez Watley, Manny Fernandez, Billy Jack Haynes, and the Italian Stallion coming in to celebrate. Uh, to celebrate the championship. They take him back to the locker room where Tony Schiavone's waiting in there. There, uh, you know, they're spraying. Sh- same guys are spraying champagne over there. Manny Fernandez just does not want to leave the camera. <laughs> he's trying to get in as much of the interview as he can. There, He's him smiling. His, he's looking straight at, his, at it. Like I'm on TV. Man his fantastic mullet with the little blonde patch in the back, which is one of my favorite things in wrestling ever. Right. Yeah. And, and Dusty cuts his magnificent promo about the people, the people believed in me, you know, and, and Dusty and, or Wahoo and, and, and Manny Fernandez, the belts ours now, the belts ours now. Well, the belt's not theirs now. Is it Rob?
1: It's not because this was a dusty finish. A dusty finish. (laughs) The original referee, Tommy Young, and this was not on the same show. This was later. A lot of times you get these dusty finishes and they happen on the same show, at least from the nineties on up. No, later on, it's decided that original referee, Tommy Young ruled it a disqualification win for dusty Rhodes, Correct. Due to the interference that he saw, you could see him on camera, watching the Andersons come in and attack before Mm -hmm. the new referee even came into the picture. So from that point, even though Tommy Young wasn't physically capable to ring the bell there, he knew that was at the point where the match had to end because of the disqualification. So Ric Flair would remain the champion until the summer of 2000 or of uh, 1986. Yes, where Dusty Rhodes, yes. Where Dusty Rhodes would finally get his win over Ric Flair for the championship, starting his gigantic 14 day reign. Yes. <laughs> Ric Flair was the wrestler of the year in 1985 by both the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine and the Wrestling Observer.
0: I believe... Yeah, and I believe that this is the first show, the first major show that Dusty Rhodes booked. I well, might be wrong on that.
1: He started off hot. Yes. The Dusty finish. And it would take a... I was looking at... If you go to the Wikipedia page for NWA Starcade 1985...
0: Yes, where I'm at.
1: The cover on there, the, the picture for the page says DVD cover featuring Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. And the cover does feature StarK85, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Yes. And it also has this tagline up there saying, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top wrestling match of 1985.
0: Yes, but it is not Flair and it, Dusty.
1: It is not.
0: No. It is my favorite match of all time. Ellie Blanchard versus Magnum TA in the I Quit match.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they had it wrong. Maybe they were referencing the 1986 match.
0: Hold on. Rom, are you saying that pro wrestling promoters might bait and switch someone?
1: Yeah. Mm. I'm saying they might. <laughs> I'm saying they might. So uh, overall, you liked this? Uh, oh, you liked this It was thing. very engaging. Like I said, I was okay. so engaged that I thought I was ignoring commentary. Had you ever seen it? Um, I had never seen this one all the way through. Okay. I had seen... Um, The Joe
0: or the Joe Lewis one.
1: No, I I had actually seen the ending sequence. I had seen the ending sequence with Tommy Young going down of this match before. I had never seen it from start to finish. Right. And I had never seen anything else that was on this show. So I was kind (laughs) of going through and being interested. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Starrcade 85, the (laughs) bloodletting. Because there was blood in every match on on this show and it was staining the canvas. Hepatitis for everybody.
1: I had to hide my virgin eyes. I was freaking out from all the blood. Yeah, I
0: know. You're, you're used to sports entertainment, my little young one. But but there's blood in wrestling. Or there used to be when men did it. When men fought each other.
1: I thought that shit had stopped. <laughs> I don't need people bleeding in my ring.
0: Nope. Next week's match, Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. WCW World War III 1996 for those who are so inclined.
1: For the Jacob. Uh, Next week, we're going to have the continued build towards SummerSlam. We are also going to have the results and we're going to see if July 24th indeed was this crazy day that we envisioned it to be. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at shake them ropes. Jeff Hawkins is at CrapGame 13. You can contact us on Twitter. The DM box is open. So if you need to DM us anything, you can certainly do so until I decide that's crazy idea. Uh, (laughs) YouTube.com slash voices of wrestling. Go there uh, for if you're especially if you're a new Japan fan now. I mean, we have our podcast up there. We have the Voices of Wrestling podcast up there. If you are a new Japan fan and can't spend three hours every day for the next month watching uh, the G1 shows, you can catch up on the G1 with our 10 minute daily updates of the happenings of the new Japan G1 Climax 25 at YouTube.com slash voices of wrestling. If you're a mm-hmm. fan of the podcast, subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, tune in. Downcast, whole bunch of different places and consider telling your friends about it and take a moment maybe and fill out a review. It would certainly be helpful to get other people, uh, you know, their eyes onto our show if possible. Um, Jeff Hawkins. Yes. It's been fun. In a world of wonder wrestling podcast there is a new shining star with great interviews analysis music and, and me
0: matt coon on total engagement go to any podcast platform you to listen today